I am Iron Man. Sorry, uh, Sorry I, th- I, th- I don't... Iron, Iron Man? Yeah, you're Tony... we came here to talk about Stark Industries, mate. Yeah, you're Tony no, Stark. I know, but oh, yeah. I, know, I, know, I know what you're all really wanting to talk about is who Iron Man is. Oh, no, no we want no. to talk about the weapons and stuff. Like all the... No, yeah, forget, forget about the weapons. About... Um, no, I, I am Iron Man. Yeah, but could you tell us more about whether you're developing weapons yeah. for the, uh, t- the Ten Rings? The... Forget the weapon. I'm Iron Man. The arc reactor thing last night was like, I, that was dangerous, I, all that stuff no, that was I, going I, on. Just, awful, just forget yeah. that. Forget the, a I massive lightning a storm reaction. going on. Yeah, I know a lot of people died, but a I lot of people a bigger died. Reaction. Yeah, yeah um, where's Obadiah as well, CEO yeah, of Stark Obad- Industries? Oh, you're not going to see him for a while. Oh, when I say a while, I mean never. But what, what, look, why not? Why, look, why, 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 look, God, I'm going to say it again. Give me a reaction, okay? You ready? I am Iron Man. You just keep saying the same thing. I, I, it doesn't mean anything, anything to me. Right? Fair. Look, look. Just all I want. Ask me any question. Any question after, but all I want is you both to go, whoa, okay? Yeah. So do it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Do it. Yeah, okay, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. I am Iron Man. Oh, drop the flipping mic oh, again. come on. He's, sorry. He's not liking right. it. I'm sorry. No. I'm, look, this time is it. I, okay, this okay, is your one moment. One more. This one more. Moment. Okay. One more. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. What are you going to do? I'm just going to say... I am Iron Man. And then you're both going to go, whoa. Sorry, who is Iron Man? We, me! A- me! One more! One more! Okay, here we go. Shut up! So you're going okay, to No, shut up! Are you going to say it? Shut up! You're going to say it now? Shut up! I am Iron Man. Oh, yeah. just, uh, it's, it's Justin Bieber. Tony? Tony? Obadiah? Uh, Justin Bieber. I think Justin Bieber's backstage. Oh, get Bieber so we'll, out we'll here, talk for to God's him. sake. Yeah. I ain't got nothing but love, babe. Eight days a geek. Hello and welcome to Eight Days a Geek. I am AJ Jenks and with me is... Benjamin Pryor. And... Christopher L. Weeks. And we are here. We are back. It is episode 16 and we are back in the Marvel Universe. We are looking at today... Iron Man. Yes, that's right. But we're not talking about Black Sabbath today as much as I would love to. We are talking about the hit, the Robert Downey Jr. saviour film, Iron Man. Yeah, and also, more importantly, the first of this uh, phase, which is... Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, you, well, Hulk was out just before this wasn't it yeah i mean this was this was the one that had to set the premise for the mcu though because it was this was the bread and butter of what was gonna come little did we know bread and butter sorry i've been doing a cockney accident today so it just stayed with me right this is you're not an actor uh, apparently this is the bread and butter of this phase which crikey can you imagine I didn't ever think it would have got so far when I watched the first Iron Man. I did not think we'd be here with such a huge amount of films that spans over so well over ten years. It was incredible. I mean, well, no yeah. one could have thought that. Surely, no. that, like when Marvel was not not really a thing at this point, right? Like Marvel Studios was teeny tiny, outdated, not in the public consciousness at all. Mm. And this is this film, unbelievably. 
just turned it all on its head and suddenly they became this supercharged monster. Yeah. And really, like we talk about revolutionary things all the time, right? This, this again, revolutionized cinema in a specific genre. Yeah, for better or for worse, really. There's a lot of um, people that that hate that hate that hate the fact better, that yeah that I mean, I think that these films that these films have become the ultimate kind of cinema viewing. Now, there's there's no one that can beat Marvel when it comes to these big superhero films, and they top the box well, office uh, all the mi- time. Mr. Martin Scorsese is not a fan of these type yes. of films at all. That's right. No. Um, I, th- I think you're right. It is very interesting. The, these films in the space of, what, 15, 15, 20 years have suddenly blown up as the new type of blockbuster. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's quite interesting to see, kind of, especially when you look at the actual actors from Robert Downey Jr. back then to how he is now. It's just like, wow, mm. we have followed him. Especially because this, this uh, film is uh, very important for his career. Oh, yeah. Oh, to say the least. I mean, he was, he was, yeah, he was, I mean, he made 500 grand for this film, right? Which yeah. is unbelievable. Like, I think unbelievably small amount of money because he just, he, he literally, his stock wasn't worth that much in Hollywood at this time because of his very publicized troubles that he'd had. No one trusted mm. him, essentially. And this was the first big film and big studio and lovely John Favreau, the first director to trust him with a massive franchise. Mm. It, it, I mean, his whole story is absolutely fascinating, it right? It really is. It's just mm. unbelievable. But uh, le- just um, the thought of where this film sort of sits with, uh, because you're talking about in the last, like, what, 10, 12 years, it's, it's it really turned itself on its head. The mm. stuff that we had before that, because the last thing we were doing was Lord of the Rings, um, which finished in 2003. And then what, Harry Potter's running alongside at the same time as big blockbusters, um, the Dark Knight trilogy uh, in a similar sort of time, uh, the Bourne films and the Bond films as well, I suppose, yeah. Casino yeah. Royale in 2005. And then all of a sudden, 2008, they, they, they take it in another direction again. And everything is informed by everything else. It's it's really, really interesting. There's um, John Favreau talks about the tone of this film and uh, the difference between the Bourne films, uh, which then sort of set the tone for the Daniel Craig Bond films like in the grittiness, but then the Bond mm. films could also have a bit of swagger and a bit of a laugh. And then these films sort of pick up the mantle from that. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely, yeah. yeah I, I completely agree. These these films are, as much as they are Marvel and they are comic book films, there is a very, very realistic grittiness to these yeah. films that kind Which of... Is great. And I, and I love that they do kind of force it on that it is in this time. It's not exactly in this universe, but yeah. everything is similar. You know what, you so, saying uh, that is the exact thing that drew me to the MCU in general. It was the fact that mm. it was so close to our reality and set in a world that could be mistaken for us. If you were an alien coming down, it would just look like the same Earth as ours. Now, I love that. When it comes to these crazy fantasy worlds that aren't as believable, although I, I can love them and I can really enjoy them, it doesn't have the same effect on me personally when I watch them because yeah. I don't feel like I'm as involved with the mcu i feel like that's my world and these superheroes are real and they're saving us from earth you know they're saving our Mm. earth it's something very strange about that when you're watching a film that feels like your earth you know absolutely and they set it in real places as well right so this is set on 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 the west coast Mm. whereas like batman obviously is set in gotham and uh it's you're absolutely right setting it in the real world is again a bit of a shift Mm. yeah it works so well oh yeah yeah 
it, it, it's it's a real push. I think it comes down to, uh, you know, it's why a lot of people find certain horror movies, horror movies that are possible rather than, you know, something like The Conjuring or anything like that. But like yeah, sure. when, when there's something slightly, slightly weird in a normal universe, yeah. I think that's what people find more scary and more um, interesting. Yeah. Because it is, it's just possibilities. And I think that's with these films as well, is that, you know, it wouldn't be a massive, massive thing if someone like Captain America did come along or someone yeah. like Iron Man did come along now. Like, exactly. we've, se- we've seen a lot of weird stuff, like God knows. Yeah. I think that's what makes it rather interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, you know, when you go to car boots and uh, you, you take <laughs> a girl out on a date and uh, you take her to this movie you know life's never going to be the same. It would take a really special girl to take your attention off this film. Yeah, and she didn't. She didn't. Let me tell you a similar story that I've got. I, uh, I was going out with a lovely girl, and uh, our first date was... Not as lovely as your wife, and... I presume. No, because I didn't marry sure, her. Sure, gotcha. Just want to check that. Who'd you marry? We, just to be just clear. Just before we this, got further, this, yeah, yeah. The girl that I went to see the film I'm about to talk about is not my wife. No, it's not Lucy. Cool. It's another girl who I met long before. But thanks for clarifying. Yeah, just wanted to put Lucy? you in the, in the clear there, mate. In, you know, yeah, really good. Is really Lucy good. all right? Is she? What's she up to? She's really good, mate. She's painted the downstairs loo and the um, the hallway. What colour? She's been listening to our podcast. <gasps> oh, it's Fantastic. a lovely white now. Lovely white. It, was, uh, it was like a sort of a beigey before because yeah. some old people lived in this house. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, much better now. Much lighter, much brighter. Yeah. Anyway. Big fan, big fan of that. Do you like that? I, I, I don't like cream or beige coloured walls. I think you either go white or you just go an actual bold colour. Yeah. Or maybe what, like a feature wall? Yeah, possibly, yeah. But, yeah. Ne- but, but we're nev- considering that at the moment for the lounge. Oh, that, that, see, that's okay, but never a beige or a, or a cream no. or something like that. That's There's stupid. a lot of that in this house. It's You're right, bro. Yeah, I just got cream walls, mate, <laughs> all over, so... Have you? Yeah, everywhere, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Cream walls and spiders. Lots of spiders, yeah. <laughs> this is if someone listens to this in five years time what's that gonna right. mean to them <laughs> what cream walls and spiders, spiders. they'll have to they'll have to go From through well, fairness, it's story. not public knowledge yeah. oh is it on instagram okay fine they'll have to dig through um instagram history yeah that's true sorry mate uh, you're look, telling an anecdote wh- go on yeah where was i a lovely anecdote back when i was 11 yeah. when the first spider-man came out um, as in of Sam Raimi's trilogy with Tobey Maguire, yeah. I went to see the first one and uh, took a girl on a date to go and see it. I was like 11 years old, so obviously it's not like a serious date. Um, but she was she was great. She was more of a mate, really. And um, again, I, I thought those films were great. Obviously a completely different feel to these films and different like, I don't know, just just they they weren't serious films in the same way that these are like, these are culturally significant films because they've changed the the landscape of cinema. That was like the last of the old breed. Mm-hmm. But even then, it, I, I I took it and I was like, oh, really shouldn't have brought anyone to see this. I should have just sat and watched this <laughs> just on my own. I, this isn't a film to be social with, you know? What if she's listening to this? Uh, then, hello, Jess, how are you? He's named her as well. well. As if there's no ambiguity <laughs> now. She's definitely been named. Lovely well, girl. Yeah, there's quite a few Jesses though, I imagine. What you'd have to do <laughs> yeah, is Yeah, they went to see Spider-Man with Chris Weeks. All right. <laughs> oh, that's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yes. Yeah, so anyway. How many girls have you taken to see Spider-Man? <laughs> Look, I take every girl to see Spider-Man. It's my routine. <laughs> it's not even in the cinema. You asked them to put it on. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got, I got the DVD downstairs. I have I've to get got another, another Jess, guys. Out. Come on, get it on. <laughs> Hey boys, Iron Man. Right. We haven't even started. We need to get into the plot. Prior, oh, come we're on. doing Iron Man. Oh my god. 
Pryor, take us through this fantastic, life-changing yeah, right, motion okay. picture. Pryor, do you mind if uh, we butt in on this one? Because we didn't really get a chance honestly, on the last one. I have... Right, you're being cheeky, but honestly, I haven't watched this in about two months. It's been two months since I've watched this. In fairness... That's not that long ago. No, I mean, I watch the the MC- For you, that's not bad. The Infinity Saga, I watch mo- pretty much most weeks, so I'll be watching one from from the <laughs> Infinity Saga. Anyway, so... What was, the la- what, what was the last one you watched just before uh, you started? Ant-Man and the Wasp, which was today, so, yeah. I that love today. that film. Yeah. I thought you were doing voiceovers today. I was, mate, but then I had a bit of spare time to watch some Ant-Man and the Wasp, so of course I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just cr- cramming a bit of Ant-Man, lovely. Yeah, lovely. Which is a fantastic film, by the way. We will talk about that in Yeah, time. great film. We'll um, get there in about 15 age? years or something. We'll be there Sunday. <laughs> oh, Paul Rudd's unbelievable. <laughs> Love Paul Rudd. But All about Paul Rudd. Iron Man, the yeah. first Iron Pre-walls Man. Pre-Walls and Paul Rudd. Right. The first Iron Man, we're all sit- yeah, we're on, all singing in the cinema. Probably not me because I would have been too young, so I would have watched this at a later date. Um, Unbelievable. So Chris is at the cinema. Um, I was with his. With my Are you taking us from the start of the film because the start of the film doesn't start in the cinema. It starts with me in the cinema. That's it. Yeah, it's. it's Are you, know, you in the, Iron Man? <laughs> they do the post credits. This is the pre credits. It's just me sat there. Chris played um, Stan Lee's body double so <laughs> with a girl called Jess. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's so two man job. Tony Stark, who is we're, we're not introduced properly to Tony Stark because uh, we just we see him on screen, but we don't know his name, of course. And um, we see this mastermind in Afghanistan, Afghanistan, and uh, they're going through the desert in a jeep. And what song is playing, Jenks? Um, well, it's got to be an ACDC song. Of course, song. it is. Um, what is it? Is he the Thunderstruck? Is it back, back in black? It's back in black, of course it is, mate. Back yeah. In black, that's it. Back so in black. we're in an army jeep, which is has got soldiers in, and this man in a suit in a three-piece suit. What on earth is going on here? Well, I'll tell mm. you. He's having a little conversation with them, and they're like, "We're big fans, big fans." Okay, right. Okay, and this guy's a, this guy's a big deal. He's a multi-millionaire. You're gonna have to move a little quicker than this, bro. Sorry, boss. Anyway, <laughs> he's, he's really the jeep gets blown to smithereens. I've gone way Ooh. past a really important bit in the film, by the way. Um, Which bit? Look what you've done. Look what you've done, Jinx. Yeah. Which bit have you missed? You made him panic. You, you made me panic. We haven't done the. Uh, it's like the spider all over again. We, we haven't done the um, the the bomb, Jericho. You just said that it blows up. No, no, that that's uh, it's a different bit. Hey, listen, listen to me. I'll go again. Right. So Tony Stark's meeting some people, the government, because he's selling them. Oh God, yeah, a solution. Yeah, he's, he's selling his bomb. He's yeah. selling a solution which is called the Jericho bomb to the United States government. He says this will wipe out your enemies, the terrorists that they're fighting in Afghanistan. They go fantastic. Let's see in action. He goes to the future. This huge explosion goes off, and Tony Stark does his fantastic arms out. There's a very classic. It's very cool. It's a big flex. Big flex. And uh, we see this power of this um, bomb, which is called Jericho, which is what he's nicknamed it. And um, so they're driving away in the Jeep, back in Black's playing. Great stuff. The Jeep gets blown up. The freaking cars are flying everywhere, and the soldiers say, stay in there. And Stark decides to run, and he gets shot, and he gets taken hostage because one of his own bombs lands next to him and blows up. Yeah, I love that. He sees Stark on the side, and he's like, what have I done? What a fantastic opening to a film there. Yeah. Just saying, what yeah, a fantastic absolutely. opening. We don't have any slow establishing or anything like that. We're just like, no. he, he makes bombs, he's just been blown up by his own bomb. That's it, Bang. straight into this Afghanistan. Is, this is... It's the same thing that we always talk about. We get dropped in the middle, essentially, of this guy's life. Mm, and yeah. Tony Stark more than anyone, because he's not like a young guy, is he? No. Like, he's been, he's been knocking around for a while. Yeah. He's in, what, his early 30s at this point? Mm. 
And he's obviously, he's already made these like life decisions, which have led him uh, to, to being like, he's selling weapons. That's what he does. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, instantly, like in the first, in the first three minutes, you're like, oh my God, this is already an interest, interesting character. And you've got Robert Downey Jr. there to make it like appealing. Yeah. Because if you read it, if you read it on an A4 sheet of paper, you'd be like, oh, he's a, he's a weapons dealer. He's a warmonger. Yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. Doesn't Luckily, seem like Robert Downey Jr. is on here. Doesn't seem too much of a superhero. Of course, if you had read yeah, the comics, exactly. and you'd probably be a bit more aware of this. But let's say that, for instance, you hadn't, then it'd be a very mm. different story. And so we see Tony sees this Stark missile land next to him, and he believes that he's only sold to the Americans. So how on earth could this be happening? Anyway, Jeff Bridges. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Bridges. Uh, <laughs> we're not there yet, mate. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> he, uh, spoiler alert. Uh, it, Tony gets some shrapnel in his chest and he's laying there bleeding out. He looks down his chest, there's blood going everywhere. This is the end for Tony Stark. He's got to be. How can you survive shrapnel to the heart? You can't. And that was the end of the MCU. That's it, everyone. <laughs> it has been a, such a great 15 years and it took that, that long for that. Anyway, so uh, Tony wakes up. He's um, got a little sack over his head and uh, I mean of the... <laughs> Parchment variety, yep. not anything else. Par- a par- he's got a parchment set, <laughs> yeah. is he? Okay. You know, one of those, one of those like crosshatch. Um... It's got a Hessian Thank you, there you are. Yeah, um... Sounds like a Middle Eastern version of Postman Pat. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You know what? Tony Stark was the Middle Eastern Postman Pat. That is his nickname. And uh, so wow. he wakes up. They take the uh, old parchment sack off his head. <laughs> and uh, he's surrounded by what looked like a group of terrorists because um, they have held him captive and he's tied to a chair and he's thinking, what is going on? Um, He can feel pain in his chest, of course. And, uh, well, he's actually woken up next to the doctor. That was a complete lie. He's woken up (laughs) next to a scientist, not the terrorists at this point. They're outside. And he's like, what on earth is going on? I've got a pain in my chest. And then the doctor's like, don't move, mate. Don't move. Look, you've got all sorts going on with your heart right now. Don't be moving. So people know these aren't the actual lines from the movie. Hey, listen, mate. <laughs> this, is how, this is how Pryor remembers it. Yeah. And uh, so he has jerry-rigged a sort of device that will stop the shrapnel from going into his heart. And he's hooked up to a car battery. Really kind of brutal stuff that's going on. Kind of. It's, a, it's an electro... Uh, Electromagnet, isn't it? Yeah. Is it? So it? Yeah, so it's holding the shrapnel away from his oh, heart. Oh, yes, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And uh, that already is like, God, this is brutal. Who is this guy? And they get to talking, of course. <laughs> he, I can't even remember his name. Do you guys remember his name? No, I can't actually. I was literally trying to think about yeah, that. Because all... he's like, I mean, he's one of the main reasons that Tony turns, you know, turns his life around because of this character. <laughs> he is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and oh, it's Ho Yinsen. Yeah, great. Amazing. And so, basically, the terrorists, in short, want Tony to build his Jericho missile for them so they can use it against the US. And Tony's like, I'm not going to do that, mate. And he says, well, you got to. Otherwise, I'm going to kill him and I'm going to kill you. And he's like, oh, well, this is not very good. Of course I've got to do it. So they work together. Him and the scientist. Tony and the scientist work together. But to double-cross them instead and to actually build a suit of armour for him to get out long enough to free them both and get out of there. I mean, 
that's a pretty far-fetched plan already. It's, it is. It's, it is. It's yeah, a bold move. Yeah. I mean, I would have thought of making like a Tommy gun with some, I don't know, some armor in front of it and just hold down the fort there like Jenks was doing earlier on. But he goes, no. Yeah, you said hold down the fort before we started. It just popped in my head, mate. Oh. Yeah, just... That's an odd reference. Yeah, sorry, just throwback. <laughs> anyway, so they get to, they get to a building. The uh, terrorists are like, what's going on here? They uh, don't look like they're building a weapon. And so they keep checking up on them. They go, no, yeah, yeah, we're building it. And they're like, all right, all right, all right. So it gets to the point where they're going to do the breakout. They do the breakout. Tony Stark is there, all kitted out in this kind of a makeshift iron man, <laughs> iron <laughs> suit <Yeah>. of armor. <laughs> And it looks ridiculous. It's huge. It's clunky. He can hardly move, hardly see in it. And um, blows open the doors. Those terrorists go flying. They don't stand a chance. He's got flamethrowers on his hands. I mean, jerry-rigged. Okay, jerry-rigged. He's there, you know, they're getting out of there, definitely. So, he makes his way out. It's all good. It's all good. The scientist says, I'll hold him back. You need to keep going. And he sacrifices himself to save Tony. And we realise, he was talking earlier on, the scientist as well, about saying he uh, wants to see his family. He can't wait to see his family. That's why he needs to get out of here. So that's why Tony wants to help him as well, to see his family. What we don't realise until this point is that his family died a long time ago. And uh, his whole plan was that he was going to sacrifice himself, which is incredibly heartbreaking. And um, they get out. He dies, unfortunately. Tony manages to fly about, I don't know, a mile maybe, before he crash lands and his suit is broken into smithereens. Lays there in the sand until the US Army find him and they pick him up and take him home. I mean, this is a pretty cool intro, isn't it, boys? It, it, it's, it's a strong it's first strong, act, isn't it, really? Very big moment. What I love is that as much as... Ca- uh, going to say then as much as robert downey jr and the character of tony stark uh like this playboy philanthropist kind of character i adore that he is a genius mm. and i think it's just such a cool character this is what i love about mm. him. and i think this is why it's my favorite um character in the mcu is that he has so many different levels to him yeah there's so much going on with tony stark and there's so much background of his mum and dad and stuff like that and everyone it's just so cool and obviously jeff bridges the character that we meet in a second he becomes his father figure after his mother and father have passed away so there's just so much going on yeah with tony stark that's what i love about him and this is a pure almost redemption film yeah this scene really this character it really shows us what Tony Stark can do with with very little materials and very little tools. He is a genius, and he's managed to make yeah. this whole machine armor with barely anything in a cave. Maybe we had in dire circumstances where his heart is being, you know, is in so much trouble because the shrapnel. I didn't explain that very well. Yeah, under so much threat. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's our kind of introduction scene. Tony gets flown home and he is greeted by his assistant, Pepper Potts, who we see for the first time. Now, oh. okay. We got, Lovely Gwyneth. Got some, got some Paltrow fan here from uh, Jinx. I, I like, oh, no, we, there's just some interference on the line. Right. Who doesn't like a bit of Gwyneth Paltrow? She's great. And also, the character of Pepper Potts is fun. Oh, Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts. Pepper Pig. Pepper Potts is just a great character. And I, I loved her from this movie until the end. Yeah, definitely. Oh, absolutely. She was lovely. Yeah. But um, do you know who was supposed to play this part? Supposed to be Rachel McAdams. 
Oh, wow. Really? Isn't that amazing? She was offered it, but she had to turn it down because she was attached. Do you remember Jack Black did Gulliver's Travels? Yeah, I love it. Oh, she was attached to that. Yeah. And that that was why she wasn't able to be Pepper Potts. Wow. <laughs> that is savage, I isn't mean, it? To be fair, though, she's had a fantastic career. I love her. Oh, in, she's still uh, fine. She's in Doctor Strange, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah and she's uh, obviously in The Notebook. Fantastic. Oh, movie. yeah, yeah. She's Oh, she's, yeah, absolutely. She's, but... I don't know. It's like if you miss out on something like this, yeah, oh, that's uh, something like that, you're going to be kicking yourself. Ultimately, you really—it's one of those stories. It's a Tom Selleck sort of story, you know. Yeah. You suddenly see this franchise take off without you, where you ha- literally were offered the part. No, and you're like, great. So we see Brilliant. we see Tony come back, and he's greeted by Pepper, of course, but he's also greeted by Rhodey, which is his—I'd uh, say his best friend at this point. He's, he's yeah. a oh, he's, he's great. Yeah. So he's a—I think he's a sergeant, I believe. Because uh, he is Sergeant Rhodes, I think that's right. Yes, right. But yeah. th- this is a different casting, isn't it? It is a different it casting. Is. Yes. The, this obviously goes into a very, very big kind of conspiracy theory kind of thing that goes down here. I can't remember the actor's name now that plays him in this film. Terence Howard. Yeah. Terence Howard. He's a lovely actor. He, uh, he really is. I think it's a shame that they didn't hold on to him. Well, apparently it was a lot to do with because Robert Downey Jr. got him in for this. No, no, other way around. Other way around. Oh, Terence yeah. Howard was the first man attached to the film. That's he got it. paid the most, and he was gunning for Robert Downey Jr. Wow. And then Robert Downey Jr. said, you can do the next film, but you're getting paid just a million. Something like that. Oh, I haven't heard this. Yeah. And then he said, well, no, I'm not going to do it. I got you this damn film. You can't be in charge of it. And then Robert Downey Jr. went, well, I'll get someone else then. That's, that's mental. And they did. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's um, always it's a, a shady lot of thing. Videos of it. Is that right? Well, of if we can't trust yeah. YouTube, then who can we trust? You know exactly. But yeah, so <laughs> he comes. <laughs> he comes note. off the airplane and he is damaged. He's damaged and just been taken hostage. I mean, what an awful thing for a billionaire to go through. Of course, Absolutely. for anyone. But um, and at this point, we've met Pepper, and it's his personal assistant. She's. Um, She's there looking after him to his every need. And uh, they're all happy they got back. And Stark is troubled by what's happened. He's troubled by the fact that he saw his weapons, his bombs, being used by, well, the enemy, if you will, at this yeah, point. Absolutely. Uh, he's thinking, how has this happened? I only set out to do good to, uh, for our country. There's no way that he would have done that. And um, we meet, uh, what's his name? Jenks, I forgot his name. Jeff Bridges. Yes. Jeff Bridges. Who we find out who is his partner in Stark Industries. Obadiah Stane. Yeah. His partner in Stark Industries, which is, if you don't know, a company for building weapons and defense systems for, well, the US military. But we find out that it's also going to further afield. And Ooh. he doesn't like that. So um, Tony decides to make a little, little announcement that uh, Stark Industries will no longer be developing weapons. Which is a massive thing for an arms company. It's pretty rad. Je- well, Jeff, uh, yeah. Jeff Bridges puts on a brave face, to say the least. Mm. Um, I don't. Is he actually told from Tony that he was going to make this decision? Uh, no. He just comes out with it. Yeah, he does. Yeah, it's very and that's Tony why to just it's, come out it's, with a, it, it's it? at yeah. a press conference, and he says, "We'll no longer be making weapons." And he holds him and he goes, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! We'll talk about this." That's and it. Yeah. yeah. And it's like ah, so. He's kind yeah. of holding him back when Tony's meant to be the CEO. I know they're, they're partners in this. They both should have a say. But he seemed a bit 
forceful and he, he kind of says oh he's just um, been damaged from this whole uh, fiasco that's gone on so he needs some time to think about this we're not making any decisions right now crazy stuff they talk about it they are feud they have a feud about it because Obadiah says look we need this this is our company Stark's like look I'm not going to work for a company or have my company produce these for the enemy mm. he's like oh god almighty um and what's what's very interesting at the moment is that this still isn't a superhero comic book Marvel film right now. This it's could not. be any film. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. It's he he escaped via his ingenuity, and now all of a sudden, it's it's the story of as you said, Jenks. It's his character's redemption at this mm. point. There's nothing super about it, is there? No. Really? No. There's a brief moment of technological um, like interest of him building the suit. But it, that that hasn't been crucial to the story yet. It's been yeah. really character driven. Yeah. Like compare it to like the Amazing. Man of Steel or something like that. Or yeah, you know those films are just driven by the superpowers of the superhero, whereas this film is driven by just the character's personality. Yeah, it's true. It's a bit like Batman Begins in that way. Yeah. Right. There's a. I mean, Batman Begins was two thousand <coughs> two thousand and five, right? So the influence is is pretty heavy, uh, and then The Dark Knight came out the same year as this. So yeah, you imagine Bruce Wayne um, going on his travels, getting himself into all sorts of trouble. He's looking for that trouble because he's trying to find himself. Yeah. Eventually finds Rajah Ghul and all that. And only, what, I don't know, three quarters of the way into the film, he becomes Batman? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Really interesting stuff. But it, maybe it's a shift of um, the late, what were they called? What were the, what were the 2000s called? The noughties. noughties yeah. The late noughties, yeah. Maybe it's, maybe it's that brought on by Batman Begins. Oh, I think so, yeah. I mean, but... Yeah. Tony is now at yeah. a stage where he's gone, I've built this suit of armor. I have this shrapnel in my heart. I need to do something about this, ultimately. And so he, build, he builds himself builds. builds himself a sleeker suit of armor with a new housing mm. that is able to hold the arc reactor better, which is what he's created for himself. Accidentally yeah. at first, but then that became his kind of saviour, if you will. And he builds this sleeker yeah. suit of armour that is going to tailor to his needs for what he wants to do. He now realises that he can be this Iron Man and that he can design this. And so he's, there's this awesome scene of him designing the armour, which I absolutely love. And it shows yeah. from start to finish how his brain works when he wanted to create this yeah. suit of armour. There's a science in it, an actual science, where mm. everything's there for a reason in this suit. And he decides on the paint jobs, of course, which is really cool. But to start yeah, with, really cool. we have that just iron armor no paint on it and i love that when he's test driving yeah. it out and it's it's awesome. it's the kind of slight war machine kind of yeah look. He, he hasn't made it iron man tailored yet it's what's great yeah and we have this cool scene where he's trying out his um his uh what they call repulsors um to see whether oh, yeah. he can fly and to try and fly and it's a, a really funny scene actually because um yeah it's a it's a lovely scene because he talks to his machines as well does. which I, I i always love in every film that he's in he just always has a nice little chat to his machines yeah and somehow it doesn't seem insane whereas again on no. paper when you see stark it's talks true. to the mechanical arm you go right he's clearly mental but when he's it's doing... so w- it, it's weird because the film Makes you think this character is so clever. God knows this arm could have its own consciousness. I do not know. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm just going to go along with whatever happens because, by God, I love this character. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it. And it shows that he's almost um, he's he's got to the stage where he's such a recluse now that 
these are his friends. This mechanical arm is his friend. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But he jokes around with it. It's really kind of sweet in an in a endearing way. Um, but he makes a suit of armor. He can finally fly. And we have this eureka moment where he's worked out everything, puts on the suit for the first time. Now, I don't know if you're as much of a fan as me, but... Uh, I watch all the suit up scenes on YouTube, which is really good. Oh, fun. do you really? Yeah, I love it. Oh, wow. And so the first one is actually one of my favorites because we see these, um, the arms, the mechanical arms that are his helpers putting the each individual plates on and they screw things in. Right. And he's being built from foot to head with freaking Iron Man suit. It's so cool. I love it. Absolutely love it. And this is, that is really cool. Yeah, this is one of those scenes that will stick with me forever. And, I think it's absolutely brilliant. What was the first thought that you guys had when you first saw the finished Iron Man suit that was there displayed? I, I mean, it's hard to say, isn't it? I mean, it, I think it's it's it, it feels very different to other superheroes that you, that you've seen. I de- I definitely loved the the fact that it was armor. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was armor as opposed to a costume. Because mm. like even even with Batman and the, and the Kevlar line stuff. It was like, oh, it's it's very specifically supposed to be a bat. Obviously, it's it like it something exists outside of the uh, outside of the costume itself in the design. Yeah. Whereas this very specifically is technology. The technology comes first, essentially, and then it's shaped into this human figure, and it's it's armored up. Yeah. So I think it was that feeling of. I don't know. I, I think it was like you were saying, Jenks. It was like a uh, you see the machines putting it together, and you're like. Oh, maybe this could happen. Maybe this is the, is the near future of what's going to happen. People are going to be encased in perfectly formed armor and become like super soldiers that way. Awesome. I mean, maybe. that would be so cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, what I loved is that, <clears throat> especially now I look back on it, this is literally, the whole suit is a metaphor for Tony Stark at this point. This change in his life is that he is now wanting to protect wanting to shield wanting to have that armor to shield around something you know i mean it's that he joins shield you know in age of ultron he keeps talking about i want to put a shield around the earth you know like it's it's that first moment when you realize okay he's no longer making something that is attacking like a bomb it's more a defense mechanism yeah you know obviously it's got its little gadgets and stuff like that which are epic but the whole thing of it is a suit of armor just like chris said like it's a shield you're exactly right and, yeah and i love that there's a thing a, a kind of common theme with stan lee is that he likes to create metaphors for his characters with their stories and mm-hmm. their arcs and with tony stark that i love so much is it's his vulnerability which is his kind of uh setback at first and the fact that he doesn't have any abilities he is so vulnerable that he creates this suit to make him less vulnerable and becomes yeah. as as invincible as his ego, if you will. And so you have this kind of really cool uh, metaphor that always stands out throughout the whole of the film. But, uh, of course, we have Obadiah who um, catches a whiff of uh, Tony. He's, he's kind of been working away and he sees he's got a new arc reactor design. And um, Tony says to him, he says, look, I've made this. It stops this shrapnel from going into my heart. This could power... The future, ultimately. Yeah. Obadiah hears this and he's like, "Hold on a minute, power in the okay. This could power something a bit better than the future. I mean, I don't don't care about that. I want to create something that I can rule with." 
he de- Tony decides not to tell him about this suit of armor because he wants to keep that to himself. He doesn't fully trust Obadiah at this point because there's already yeah. that thing where he, they're disagreeing with the weapons thing. He's like, why would Obadiah be so keen to carry on selling our weapons when we know they're going to the enemy? He doesn't trust him at this point, even though they they had been like father and son because, of course, Tony yeah. had lost his father at such a young age. Um, and we then go into a charity event that's being held at Stark Industries. And um, there's a reporter that comes up to him on the outside, the charity event, and says, uh, Tony, we know that um, you must know that your weapons are still being sold to the Ten Rings, I think they're called. I think they're called the Ten Rings. They are. Yeah, which are they are indeed. the um, terrorist organization. And uh, so that's the first time we actually hear of the Ten Rings, which was referenced so much in the comic books, and they were an actual organization. And we yeah. are going to see more of that in the future, may I add. There is a... Uh, with uh, Disney Plus, there's going to be more information on the Ten Rings, which is oh, cool. really cool because we see... So much to look forward to. Yeah, we see the actual... Um, I can't remember his name now. Do you remember the enemy in Iron Man 3? The Mandarin. The Mandarin, that's yeah. it. So yeah. we... The, yeah, ben Kingsley, yeah, the, but not. There's going to be but a he's, new... Yeah, he's, he's not the actual. No. No, he's not. Is he? But there's, there's going to be a Mandarin... I'm just an actor! Yeah, there's going to be a Mandarin series that's coming out, which is where we're going to see more about their backstory, Amazing. So everything's kind of coming full circle here. But anyway, this uh, reporter system, look, they're being sold over there. And he's like, I don't like this. So he takes his new polished spangled suit of armor and goes over there and completely wipes them out and wipes out all of the weapons, the ammunition, the bombs, everything that had Stark on it. Because yeah. he's like, no way. And there's a really cool scene where he takes out a bunch of the terrorists all at once with a little targeting device that oh, he yeah. has. Oh, it's just so cool. Cause it just goes, Did he take out a tank as well? He does take out a tank, yeah. Yeah, and that's it's my favourite. Just so cool. It's so cool. <laughs> Unbelievable. But they, they were atta- the terrorists were attacking the Doctor's home village, right? Yes, that that's, sorry, that is right. Instant. Yeah, that's... So that's like, that's the personal edge of... Um, of his backstories, that's that pushes him over the edge. Exactly right. Sorry, I forgot to even mention that, which is the whole reason why he was so forced, as you say, Chris. Yeah. Because it's like this man that he had become such good friends with, and he said that he would avenge him ultimately. Sorry to drop that yeah. word. We well, owed him his life. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he had to do it. He had to do it. He felt that mm. it was his moral obligation to do it. Uh, saves the villagers and all that good stuff. So amazing. We're now at the next scene where he's flying in the airspace in Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. And he has a, a couple of what they call bogeys on his tail. <laughs> now, I tell you, if you're not uh, familiar with the military lingo right there, that is uh, a couple of uh, enemy enemy fighters on his on his trail. Yeah. I mean, they're not enemy. No, they, I mean, are they're US, US they are Force, US. They? He's yeah, the bogey. Yeah, he, yeah. He is, sorry, that's all backwards. He is the bogey. Anyway, yeah. so the US are on his tail. <laughs> and Stark has a call from Rhodes, and he says, look, I got this unidentified flying object in this airspace. I've got two people about to take him down. What are you doing? Where are you, you little cheeky monkey? And he says, look, not doing anything, mate. You know, not doing anything. Uh, Yeah, see you later kind of thing. And then he calls him back and he's like, look, it's me. I'm in the flying suit. He breaks it to Rhodes that he is Iron Man, which is just mad, absolutely mental. And uh, Rhodes is split then between doing his job and then saving his friend, and of course, saves his friend, because Stark outwits yeah. him and manages to eject him. It's all great. It's all great stuff. Um, so now there's one person that knows about him, and it's like, oh, damn, it's Rose. 
What do we think about roads, actually? Let's let's talk about roads here and the new roads. What, what do we prefer? What are we thinking? He He's not really explored that much in this film. No. I mean, no. I mean, obviously, they, they, they had this big plan with the MCU and stuff like that. So they're obviously thinking, okay, well, War Machine will come into this later on. He'll get his own suit, blah, 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 blah. But, um, yeah, they didn't really... I think that's why they could get away with a cast change, mm. really, because yeah. there, just, there just wasn't... He's just a little handy kind of friend yeah. in this film. Yeah, he is. He's sort of a foil to Tony, isn't he? I mean, Jenks, you say that they were planning for the MCU and all that. I don't think they were planning in that much detail. I think they were like... They were putting balls in the air and they were like, if this is a hit, maybe we can take a few of these on. But, I mean, they couldn't have planned for what happened. Like, well, this they, is their they, first... At this point, they were planning to go to Avengers, I believe. Right, that so was... they were sowing the seeds for that. Yeah. But even it... then, it must have been, you know, it must have, it can't have been nailed on. It must have been like, no. oh, if, 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 and if, and if, and if, well, yeah, then yeah. we'll get to this. But I, I, I don't think at this point they were thinking that they'd make it all the way to an, you know, endgame. No, no, no. But, and um, like the Infinity Stones and all that, that was, yeah. that was... M- a lot of it was made up as they were going along, really, wasn't it? Like, yeah. I know there was a basis in the comics, but they were changing bits and pieces to make it all fit as they were going along. Mm-hmm. Joss Whedon was coming in on various films and being like, oh, no, could you just do this and just do this as they were going along, you know? It's interesting because Disney just... Weird thing with Disney, especially with Marvel, is that they they lucked out on Marvel. They played it so well. They got the perfect people, and especially Joss Whedon. They were incredible. And then yeah. you look at what they've done with other... It's very interesting, isn't it? Other stuff, I won't name any names, but um, this just completely failed. Whereas here, they bring in so many different direct, like Taika Waititi has been yeah. amazing for Marvel. Yeah. Like, well, I think the thing, like this this film really helps with that because it puts such a big stamp in terms of of, of how how these films, like the tone of these films, like John Favreau would say. And uh, it, it like it's so distinctive that if if they had strayed even for a moment... Like with, um, I don't know, like with, like, I, I don't know, the second Thor film and stuff like that, when they, they stray away into a different sort of area and people revolt against it, they're like, oh no, actually, we can see the problem and we're going to go back to how things are done, sort of for Marvel. Like they had their own identity. And but so then, Disney were like, but then they great, took, we'll just take it. Even when you think of after Thor kind of Dark Worlds, they took a massive risk then to get Taika Waititi in. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. which was you know, all, that's what they do. All he was really known for was what we do in the shadows, and not really yeah. much else. And they go, yeah, all right. And then, bam! Like Thor Ragnarok is oh, for phenomenal. me my favorite Thor film. It's just it's, so yeah, good, it's, it's, yeah, so so good. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because I mean, part of the identity I think is that they do take risks. Yeah, like they took on Jean Favreau for a start. Who are this? Obviously, we know what Jean Favreau has gone on to do. But at this point, he wasn't a well-known director. He wasn't a blockbuster director at all. And they took on Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. And they, the script wasn't ready when they started yeah. shooting. And there was loads of improv and all this sort of stuff that never, ever happens on a $200 million movie was happening in these films and continued to happen. Yeah. And, may, and, for, the fir- and for the first and only time in recent history, Disney were like, yeah, cool, fine. We're not going to put a big... <laughs> not going to take a big hand in this, this yeah, it's unfortunately amazing. this whole film was such a risk and by oh, it is. god it's did it pay off though but we but you can feel it right you can feel that risk that gives it yeah, so much energy yeah i think everything i mean there's it, a buzz all the way through this film just totally yeah there really is totally it knows how cool it is even when it's it's exploring new areas it's like just 
trust me yeah. you know yeah. it's that sort of thing yeah but uh, on, anyway, so yeah, we see the the ten rings. Yeah, they on, are man. salvaging the broken bits of Iron Man suit that Tony had left behind yeah. from his prototype, uh, because they are building. They want to rebuild the suit again, and yeah. they have. We actually at this point find out that Obadiah is working with the ten rings to construct mm. this suit again, and we have that classic line where he says, Tony Stark managed to build this in whatever days in a damn cave, and you can and it's just awesome. Don't know why yeah. oh, he yeah, went yeah. a bit southern there, but... And, um, <laughs> I like it, I like it. Oh. That was, again, another moment where I was like, who is this guy? How did he get so close to Tony, and then for him to stab him in the back and do him so wrong? It just, it's yeah, absolutely. awful, and I hate it. I think he's... It, Actually, I hate him so much. He's one of my worst characters in the MCU. Is Obadiah Stane? I think. Yeah. What? As in, as in, you think it's a bad character? No, no, no. Or no, no sorry, you I mean, hate. I just hate the actual. The, yeah, it angers me. Yeah, sure. yeah, good. Yeah. Just, just in that, <laughs> you're good. No, it's on me. Vibing, vibing. It's, yeah. it, it's Jeff right Bridges. Answer. I can never hate Jeff Bridges. No, definitely not. And uh, except when he wants you to hate him. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's the point. But obviously, this, this, this guy is. Uh, not actually Jeff Bridges that plays them, is it? It's uh, what's her name? Who I, who I talked about last time? If, have you oh, got yeah. it right again? Did you say Brian Connolly? <laughs> Brian Connolly. Have we done it again, yeah. boys? He's a very talented man. No, it is Jeff <laughs> oh, Bridges. I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It, but Jenks thought it, that yeah. it, Brian Connolly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't remember what you this thought. This is Brian Connolly. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they want to reverse engineer it. They want to know how it was built, and so they can make one for themselves. And um. Stark hears this, of course. Of course he hears this. And he sends Pepper to go and find out what Obadiah's doing, basically. And that's when she mm. finds out and tells Stark, look, he's working with the Ten Rings. They, He had the hit on you to get you killed all the way back at the beginning of the film when he was in the Jeep. Um, and this is when the Ten Rings realise... Oh, my God, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, mm, it's yeah. savage. I hate him. <laughs> it's really savage. And uh, <laughs> So then all this is kind of building and, and Stark is getting more and more torn by the minute because it's like, imagine if you found out that your father figure had someone try and kill you. It's like, ah, that's awful. And yeah, um, not great. No, not at all. And so Pepper tells him this and he's distraught and it's like, what are we going to do? Because not only is this happening, but he's actually building a suit of armour that is going to match Tony's which uh, of course throughout all of this I've skipped over so many parts but Tony has been kind of uh, field testing his suit and um, mm. seeing what he can do and one of the ways that he tests it is by seeing how how high he can go sorry I had a bit of a how high he can go out of the atmosphere <laughs> and he finds out that the suit freezes up past when he gets past the atmosphere and yeah. he just goes plummeting to the ground which is like ah yeah which is a slight little hint back to uh, the first event. Well, not back to, forward to first Avengers where he comes plummeting out of the hole. There you are. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah nice. That is. Nice. That lovely. is indeed. It's, this, it's his, his Icarus moment. It's his it? Icarus, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And Instead of the melt, uh, the wax melting, it's the um, the ice forming and freezing it all together. It very is. Nice, great. Chris, a very nice. Lovely little moment. He flew Icarus. too close to the atmosphere. Mm, mm. And his wings were clipped, and that's it. He's done. Daddy always told me never to fly too close to the atmosphere. <laughs> right, and so this is that's what Daddy always uh, told I'm me. Ignore that. And this is where we we see Daddy. <laughs> oh God. This is where we see Tony, and he has this problem. I say it's a problem. It's not a problem. It's more a a way of life where if something 
is a problem and an inconvenience or something that stops him from what he wants to do, he'll find a fix for it and then he'll create something, invent something that will then correct that. That's what Tony does throughout his whole arc of every film that he's in. A problem comes where he goes, right, that was my weakness. I'm going to fix that weakness with something else. And so this is when he puts the in, in the the invention to stop himself from freezing up when he gets to high temperature mm. or low temperatures, sorry, which is... Again, fantastic, absolutely fantastic yeah. part when he comes plummeting down. It's brilliant. Mm. Oh, so, oh, so good. Yeah. Um, where are we? I don't know where we are. Um, but ha- well, it's pretty much the com- confrontation scene, isn't it? Yeah. So um, there's a few moments where we actually meet Star um, Shield as well. Sorry, and we we yeah, but oh, yeah, of course, they, of course. they yeah. slightly kind of um, they they come in and out of it, don't they? Yeah. Is it Agent? Agent is Agent Coulson. Smith? Colson. That's it, Smith. Yeah. Agent Smith. Agent Mr. Mr. Anderson. Anderson. <laughs> that was the last Mr. film. Mr. Stark. <laughs> but yeah, he keeps trying to get in contact with him, but he just takes no blind. It's a classic notice, Stark, it? yeah. He's just like, nah, I don't care. I haven't got time for that. I don't care about what's his shield. Don't has, has Captain America been woken up during this film? Uh, is it before or after? It is... No, this is before Cap's been woken up, I believe, because... Right. Um, yeah, no, it has to be. Mm. Because Captain America comes out and Tony's already got the suit and everything, hasn't he? So, oh, okay. yeah, that, yeah, that has to be. Um, but yeah, so we meet Agent Coulson. He says, look, we want you to be a part of this initiative kind of thing. He's like, ah, don't care about it. They, do, they don't say Avengers, do they? They never mention Avengers. No, it's not at this point. It's no. just, they just say they have an initi- uh, initiative to... Yeah, and he doesn't really care. But um, yeah, they also... Um, talk to him about the intelligence that he that they know of course about that Obadiah is going to come and wreak havoc and that's a, a scary mm. point of course um, we find out that stained scientists can't actually duplicate it very well and they're struggling and he gets very angry of course um, and it's a confrontation scene with um, Obadiah and Stark now I think this is the next bit I don't remember completely off the top of my head well this is this is this is the big big moment this is a moment when you know because obviously Obadiah's built this massive arc reactor mm. this absolutely massive interesting it's called arc reactor because it's Tony's arc but yeah that's good that is good well yeah. like through, through a lot of these films he's building he builds different versions of the arc reactor you know he builds one underwater that sustains Stark Tower for like a year yeah. it's his arc his arc is always you know going along with these reactors kind of thing it should have been called um, Tony Arc when he lost it, Sorry. Oh, you, you really had this. I was going to say to you, you're doing great. I have to put one in, at least one in each episode. How about one of these? Right, Chris. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. Chris, Rishin. tell him off. There's a click. Tell him off. Go on, really, tell me really, off, yeah. Daddy. You've misbehaved. Right, so, well, Obadiah. choke me, Vader. Is that what you're going to do? Oh, God. <laughs> Obadiah comes into Stark's I home. Choke me. <laughs> Obadiah comes into Stark's home. When they misbehave. <laughs> Obadiah comes they into Stark's misbehave. home. Obadiah, <laughs> com- Obadiah, o- Obadiah comes into Obadiah. O- Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan Kenobi comes into Stark's home. <laughs> and he sticks him. And he goes, he's paralysed. Hey? Stark's paralysed. He sticks him one. Oh, oh right. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you want to get sticked? Obadiah says, look, I'm taking this arc reactor from you. And I'm going to fuel mine, ultimately. I'm going to fuel my... 
suit that I've that my scientists have created because I can't work out how to do it. I'm not clever enough, so I'm going to take yours. He takes it out of his chest, and Tony is going all shades of purple. He's just he can't breathe, he can't move. His veins coming out. It is mental. And Jenks likes that, by the way. And um, all shades of purple. Shades of purple, yeah. And Tony <laughs> has to crawl downstairs where he remembers this is fantastic oh, as well God, this is a so great good. moment it's lovely and pepper had um, got him a little gift that is his first arc reactor and it says proof that tony stark has a heart and it is lovely. so good just lovely what a great storytelling device oh, that is. i know because even if he never went back to it you'd be like great yeah what i mean it's lovely it pays for itself mm. and now oh my god and when you have that moment of realization that that that's what he's doing yeah it's a it's a big it's a, it's just a great well-written moment it is he's yeah. clever clever story writing he's literally getting himself his new heart to put in so that he can yeah um function to take down obadiah because this is he's realized yeah. that this guy is fully crazy right now he has just gone over the edge and w- with power money greed everything he wants stark industries for his own and he is going to take yeah. it with this new suit and this new arc reactor that he has now to power all the weapons that he'd like to tony gets his new one in of course and he's extremely thankful for that but well he doesn't actually quite get to it just before he's reaching to it he passes out and it's like, oh no, he hasn't made it. And then, what do we see come in? <laughs> His best mate comes in. Fabulous. Again, the arm. The freaking yeah. arm. I love it. It comes it's back great. to say, look mate, I'm your friend. Here you go. Literally. Ah, uh, <laughs> it's just lovely. And Goodness he's me. powered up again. And he's angry, yeah. by the way. He's very angry. Um, oh yeah. So, this fight scene as well. Oh, it's cool. amazing. This is when the... Tony gets suited up again. We have an amazing suit-up scene, and he is angry. He goes to confront Obadiah. Yeah, he's got, he's got a real serious face. He's, he's staring straight, not looking at any, just literally staring dead straight. Yeah, it's it's the first time that we see Tony kind of... Uh, he, he hasn't got any jokes to make at this point. There's no gags yeah. or anything. It's, no, this guy has screwed me over. I'm going to end this right now. And um, Pepper goes to... Um, Stark says that Pepper needs to go to the the place where they shut it down. I can't remember. It's a uh, um... well, yeah. It's 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 at the top of the building, isn't it? She needs to shut down the arc reactor whilst yeah. Tony distracts Obadiah in a fight. That's it. But but obviously, as soon as that happens, Obadiah's got a suit that's super super bloody massive suit. Yeah. Um, and obviously she. Pepper's like shouting up to Tony because she doesn't know exactly what to do. It's all kicking off and going crazy, and yeah, Tony's getting hammered to hell, really. Yeah, he, he's threatening uh, Pepper, which again drives him over the edge because it's like now this his assistant, who he actually feels a bit stronger for with all of the things that happen in this film, you know, the proof that Tony Stark is hard, everything that she's done for mm. him, he's realizing that he actually really loves this woman. It's not, she's not just an assistant. So now. Imagine someone hurting her and he's going yeah. mad. And so they have this incredible fight where we see the almighty Iron Man meet his match, ultimately, and more. Because yeah, if not hul- more. Yeah, well, definitely. This hulking great suit comes out with a more powerful arc reactor as well because Tony's is just a prototype that he's got inside of him. Yeah, yeah. It's the old one. Yeah, so, he, so Obadiah's got this 
much better tech in him. And um, they have this fight scene. It's absolutely brilliant. They fly up extremely high. And then Tony says a really cool line. Where he says, uh, no, Obadiah says, I beat you in every single aspect. Or whatever he says, I beat you in every way. I'm bigger than you. I'm stronger than you. All this kind of stuff. And Tony yeah. says, how did you figure out the icing problem? And he's like, the what? And then they're like, <laughs> frozen up there. He just goes falling back down to earth. And he's like, yeah, baby, I've won this thing. I've won this thing. Ugh. Little does he know, he hasn't won this thing. Obadiah is still standing like Elton John, and he takes off the <laughs> the kind of chest area, and you can see his head now because his targeting's gone, everything's gone. He can't work out anything, so he has to eyeball it, which is another reference to another film later on down the I'm going to eyeball it. Yeah, and um, uh, it's this kind of all-or-nothing feeling with Obadiah <coughs> right now. He... He knows that he's losing, and uh, Pepper's down there, glasses smashing everywhere. Tony's hanging on by his little iron glove, and he's like, Pepper, do it now. And she's like, No, it'll kill you. And he's like, Just do it. And then she's like, Fine, you're going to die, man, but hey ho. Presses the button, the arc reactor. That isn't exactly what she says. Yeah, that's so what she was thinking, man. I was there. So she presses the button, the arc reactor goes mad, and uh, his suit's powered down completely, Stark's suit powered down completely like an EMP for the Iron Man suits. Yeah. Everything's taken down. And, um, very EMP. Love that. Yeah. Matrix reference. Great. Oh yeah. And electronic magnetic pulse. Electromagnetic they pulse. Are, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, lads. All right. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> matrix. And yeah. It, it also appears in the matrix. You are right. So, <sighs> so he actually falls into the, I miss Lord of the Rings so much. <laughs> Overdone. Ob- Obadiah falls. Obadiah. Obadiah falls into the exploding arc reactor, killing him and leaving. Just like Gollum falling into Mount exactly Doom. another reference there to Lord of the Rings. God, what a great reference! Let's talk about that. That's, eh? that's the last reference we'll have there. Thank you. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. And then it's like, oh, those were the days. It's the triumphant moment. <laughs> it's the triumphant moment. T- Tony Stark has won. With Pepper. Oh, see, I, I yeah, th- this is a, you know, it's a great moment that he's won, but the triumphant moment is to come. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, but we'll get to that. Like, yeah. Like it's it's great. He survived. He's got through. Him and Pep's are good. And then obviously the press conference comes. Pride, oh, You tell it. You tell it because Mar- Marvel's your ting, honey. Oh well, that's so sweet of you. Thank you, Jenks. So there's a, a press conference being held with. Uh, all of the all of the news media, of course, it's Stark Industries. They're going to talk about their their latest endeavors, and uh, they're going. Yes. You know what weapons are they? What's going on with that? And he says, "Yeah, weapons will be shut down forever." Do you know who uh, Iron Man is? Uh, no, no, don't know who Iron. You know what? Screw it. I am Iron Man. Ends. I mean, it's huge. Just it is an incredible ending. Right, that an is the uh, the. Uh, entrance to the mcu i yeah, am iron yeah. man and it's just like here you are open book this is what we yeah. have now a superhero that's just gone in the first film in its first film the superhero's oh. just gone it's me yeah i mean you're gonna have to watch the second film oh come on you oh, need absolutely. you need to we've never seen you know a superhero's life out in the open out in the public eye before ever in a superhero film that's incredible. Like, I mean, bloody hell. The amount of Batman films we've seen and, like, five people seem to know it's Bruce Wayne. Yeah. You know, the amount of Superman films we've seen and Clark Kent takes off his glasses and everyone's like, who are you? 
Yeah. And then he puts his glasses back on. They're like, oh, it's Clark. Yeah. But this, like, finally, that's what makes it even more realistic. Yeah. It's just telling the truth, being honest. You know, that's it. But it's it's the truth. It's true to Tony's character, yeah. more, like more than anything else. Because like, haven't Shield been saying, "This is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to say. You're going to say, no, I don't know who it is. Everything's going to be fine. We're going to sweep it under the rug." And then it's Tony's character. And of course, this line, this line was ad libbed, right? Like one of the most famous ad libbed lines oh, yeah. in all of cinema oh, yeah. history. Yeah. It was it was never going to go this way, yeah. and it was just an option that Robert Downey Jr. came up with. And then the producers were like, that that whole thing is so Tony Stark, it's perfect. I didn't it's remember staying. that, but you're right. I completely, I didn't even think about that, but I remember now hearing I mean, about it. It's unbelievable that that is the case. Yeah. But just ima- imagine um, the difference between the man who follows the rules and the man who's like, nope, mm. it's me. Mm. Yeah. And you, and I mean, you ne- like Jenk says, you've never seen that. You've never seen that. Like if 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 Batman or or uh, Clark Kent were like, yeah, no, it's me. You'd be like, oh well, I mean, okay, fine. We've heard you speaking. We've sort of seen half your face. With Superman, we see your face all the time. Of course, we know it's you. Yeah. Iron Man, it could be anyone. Could be. Yeah. And yet he lays claim to it. Yeah. It's again his. <sighs> we see Tony's uh, his ego and his arrogance come out, but it's also the fact mm. that he it, he is so vulnerable. But by the end of the film. He's going, I don't feel as vulnerable anymore. You know what? Come after yeah. me. I am Iron Man. Let's yeah. go for it. But what I love is that he now turns into this character that we know and love. This is the proper Tony Stark that we see all the all the way through the films yeah. until his final line. Yeah. His you know, his technical yeah. final yeah. line yeah. is this line. Yeah. And it's just like, wow. What a journey. What a journey we're about to go on yeah. with this character along with all the other characters. It's just like, oh, yeah, I I, oh. I envy people that haven't seen the uh, the Infinity Saga that get to watch it now yeah. on demand through you know Disney Plus. I oh, mean, it must be yeah. amazing oh, to w- and see it all hang together. Oh, I mean, from everything ties in so well. You know, Marvel always had a five year plan where they always knew what they were going to do five years ahead of time. Which what filmmakers do you know that create a universe like this where they're always thinking five steps ahead of? Everything that they're doing. In fairness, Lucasfilm every time. Other than what they've just done. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's not Lucasfilm, is it? That's that's <laughs> No, it's not. No. That's Disney. You're right there, yeah. <laughs> but I mean... Our friends Disney do exactly the opposite. I, yeah. mean, I mean, to this scale, though, where there's the amount of films in the MCU, it's like... So easy to slip up on a mistake. Yeah. Oh, oh my God, yeah, absolutely. And they manage to nail it every time. Yeah, and even the little mistakes they do make, they somehow manage to incorporate or rescue yeah. in a very stylish way so you forgive them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Which exactly. is half the battle. Now, Iron Man 1 is an incredible film, and it is just the beginning of this incredible journey. But what a mm. setup, and what a journey you have to go on once you've seen this mm. film. Yeah. You are going to be in for so much heartbreak, action, just tears, joy, everything. And Absolutely. It's yeah, Marvel is a huge part of my life. I grew up with it, and uh, as all of us did, and it's it's such a a kind of mainstay in what I know. It's just embedded yeah. in my in my everyday life now. And I think this film definitely was the the catalyst for all that. And I, I can't absolutely. rate it high enough because of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's talk about two of our favorite things as well, lads. Let's talk about. 
um, specifically the actors, and let's talk about the music as well because they're bold choices. That's Obviously, we've talked true. a little bit about we have, we haven't Robert Downey Jr. We haven't actually probably taught to choose a film and put ACDC over a comic book film. I just, mean, it's straight away. I mean, straight all, away, they're ripping up the rule book, right? Exactly. It, it just 100% turns it badass. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, and my, the whole thing, it sort of follows that 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 feel, which yeah. is great. And it opens again. Like, I mean, I won't go into that much of the second film, but the second film opens up with Shoot to Thrill. Yeah. Yeah. And it's oh, just like, it, it's just like, wow, he holds. And he brings in Shoot to Thrill again in the first Avengers film. Mm. Yeah. Like, this, this ACDC, and this is going to sound a bit silly, but ACDC follows Tony's character all the way through. It's his. Yeah. yeah. It's his little tagline, and that's what I love. It's, you know, the arrogance of just not caring, the rock and roll slight aspect yeah. to his character. He doesn't care what people say. Yeah, he is the rock star of the MCU, and that's portrayed Absolutely. not Absolutely. only in the music, yeah. but by everything that he does. We we know because yeah. he says over and over, "I am a billionaire playboy philanthropist," and that's already yeah. like that's we it. we believe that because of how we're introduced to him with Back in Black and and this yeah. constant yeah. and that's yeah. it. And you're right. I mean, ACDC really is. They are like the perfect band to sum him up because Definitely. they're not because they've got flamboyance in a rock and roll way. They're very over the top, but not in a I don't know, not in a, a, a Bowie way or anything like that. They're 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 heavy and they're they're overdriven and they're driving forwards. You know, yeah, yeah. Th- that everything about them and Tony Stark sort of marries up. It's a great great choice. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you, so interestingly, the composer of the film is Raman Jawadi, who was the who was the composer on Game of Thrones, wow. which is amazing. Yeah. So uh, obviously we've got the tracks which they use, and there's also the score which accompanies it and has to flow between all the tracks. And um, it's all, again, heavily laden, or heavily led, rather, uh, from the guitar. Yeah. Because he wrote the whole score on the guitar and then orchestrated it after that. So it all comes from a guitarist's perspective, which is which is Tony. He's a gunslinger, right? That's yeah. what he does. Yeah. He's like a hand solo figure. Mm. He's, it's, it's, it's that same sort of thing. And Favreau was apparently incredibly keen on this. This is what he was really after. He, so it was his advice that he... He stuck to the guitar. He, he had it front and central and everything. Obviously, he would have been instrumental in choosing the the, the music, which went alongside and the, the heavy metal sort of feel. And it, it's it's just a really good example of it's incredibly surprising when Back in Black comes in. Uh, but as soon as it does, you know what you're in for. or you, like you, You're excited to think that this might be what you're in for. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, when you're proven right, it's like, I don't know. You can you can instantly relate to the film because everybody knows that song for a start, yeah. and they know that it's that song where you're rocking out, yeah. and that's what the film's like. That's a big part of the film, you know. You're rocking out with this character. That's what he's all about. Yeah, it's oh, it's great. It's great sound design, and also so I think it's very clever that they pick Robert Downey Jr. Now, someone that hasn't been, you know, he started off with this very clean, lovable person back in the nineties, and then obviously went to prison and had flaws and stuff like that and yeah. what a perfect character for him to come Absolutely. to yeah. you know not only as an actor but as a real person in real life that this character is fantastic because yeah a lot of it is him yeah really Absolutely. and favreau says that yeah. favreau said uh, i've got the quote here actually he says the best and worst moments of robert's life have been in the public eye he had to find an inner balance to overcome obstacles that went far beyond his career that's Tony Stark. Yeah. Amazing. And he's absolutely right. Yeah. That, that I mean he's he 
fits in perfectly. Yeah. It's so, so interesting. And um, Robert Downey Jr. actually talks about his audition for the film, right? His screen test. And uh, he says that he he prepared for it like no other part at all. So that he was trying to make it because he wanted the part so much and he could see that this was his moment because he always felt that he'd been like left behind by Nicolas Cage and and whoever else, Keanu Reeves and people of his generation who had gone on to be in these massive films like The Matrix or whatever. And Nick yeah. Cage is in everything. Yeah. Um. But he was he was like, no, I've, this is it. This is mine. This is 100 percent mine. So he really he knew the part inside out. He worked out every possible uh, iteration and direction it could go in so that if he went into the room he just couldn't be surprised even if he got flustered by something he would know it so well yeah. that it would just it would it would it would his body would take over and he'd still get it you know yeah which is just fascinating because i i mean i'm sure you boys know as well but i know that feeling of being in an audition room thinking you know it really well something throwing you off and then you're lost you know mm. but and so he knows that as well because he's an actor uh, and he's been through a lot. If you imagine before his audition for this, he's been through a huge amount, and and really he's he's really up against it whenever he goes into an audition room well, because he's knowing he's being judged on that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his persona sort of precedes him into the room because everyone knows Robert Downey Jr. is a junkie who was arrested, uh, and so he knows the stakes of the situation for him. And so when he goes into that audition room, and he is the best man for the job. It's a it's a story in itself, you know. Yeah. Like if I saw the biopic of Robert Downey Jr. and got to this point, I'd be like, I know how the story goes, but my God, I want him to do well. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's his redemption. It's his his growing into an adult story as much as it is Tony Stark's. Definitely. It's oh, it's amazing. What? And it's a superhero film. Yeah. It's a superhero film. He is the actual um, hero in his own story, and that's so beautiful. It's just it's poetic. It's, it's depth, isn't yeah. it? It's such depth to the whole thing. Yeah. Goodness me. And ladies and gentlemen, what a wonderful way then to uh, really finish this this uh, podcast off. Celebrating yeah. the man and the character and the universe that this film yeah. created. Yeah. And uh, I've really loved this. You know, it's, it, it's nice because obviously we're moving on now from uh, the previous kind of style of films that we've been looking at and moving on to uh, new ventures. So, uh, yeah, ladies absolutely. and gentlemen, I have been AJ Jenks and I have been with... Benjamin Pryor. And Christopher Weeks. Beautiful. If you're listening on Apple, if you're listening on Apple Podcast or Spotify, please uh, follow us. Spotify. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've had a couple of drinks, lads. I won't lie. We um, um, if you're listening on Apple Podcast or Spotify, please uh, give us a rating uh, and follow. Uh, us on there if you're listening Absolutely. on youtube subscribe. please subscribe like comment and ladies and gentlemen please keep sharing our content because this is lovely we've uh we've really been enjoying this last few weeks uh carrying on this and please keep um voting for marvel stuff because i freaking love it and i am so <laughs> happy when we get to do marvel i know it's well, not, you're, it's you're not... gonna be all right aren't you for a while like <laughs> yeah you've got a fair amount of films, have, there's a few course, films for us today i want to make it clear that we are not going to just be releasing marvel after marvel um we we're going to be oh, no, true, intertwining true. lots of different things we've got harry potter coming up we're going to be talking about lots of different franchises and films and yeah. worlds what do we got after this is it is it the Fantastic Game of Thrones season three. Oh, yeah. I guess it is. Amazing. It is, oh, yeah. What a season the, the of Game big, of Thrones that the is. The big, big, big one. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. And this has been Eight Days a Geek. I got the beep. I hope that you're happy. Beep is a key. Stop being happy. Sorry.
Again.